And thank you for listening to Keeping It 100 with Jose Canelario here on 103.5 FM WNHH New Haven Independent.org, powered by La Voz Hispana Radio TV. Power, and also powered by Harry Dross, Harry, Harrito Dross, which he wants me to roll all the R's. He wants me to roll all the R's. Today we have a special guest. Um, for me, it's always a special guest. All my guests are special. If not, well, I guess I could have regular people, but I like special people. Today I have Michael Moran, uh, a new uh, 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 Southern Connecticut resident, uh, a photographer, uh, a person who, for some reason, is great on social media. <laughs> He's better, better than most people that I know, posting great pictures of our beautiful scenery of New Haven, no matter where he is or wherever he's at. He's got pictures. World traveler, world traveler, and influential member of the Yale community. Very influential. I mean, he's a rock star. I went to a LGBTQ gathering one, one time at the Provost house, and the kids are just flocking all over Mike Moran. Like, like I was like, who is this guy with this great jacket? If you're watching us on Facebook right now, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This great guy with a, with a great jacket, Mike Moran. Thank you for coming on. Jose, it's great to be with you. Uh, this has been a great week. Right, step up to the mic. Step up to the mic, Mike. Uh, it's great to be with you. You know, it's a, a week where we had Halloween, All Saints, Dia de los Muertos, All Souls Day. But to me, this is the greatest holiday being with you today. So, and shout out to Harry behind the controls as well. And it's great to be in the house of La Voz Hispana and New Haven Independent. Thanks for having me. Very good, very good. Uh, Mike Moran, if you if you can follow him on social media, what, what's your gram? What's your Instagram? Mimo CT, M I M O C T, and uh, Mimo comes from a nickname that my dear friend Madison Moore. He was Madmo, and I was Mimo. And it turns out there's a device and technology, a, a Mimo, which is multiple input, multiple mm-hmm. output, which seems to work. And CT for CT, so Mimo, M I M O C T. Yeah, uh, and check out his gram. He's po- he's always posting these great picturesque. You are you do, you're a nature lover. Do you like walking? Uh, I mean, a long time ago, Frank gave me a point and shoot camera for my birthday, I think, and I started using it. And I realized, you know, as we all know, but it really unlocked. You know, looking is free, and mm-hmm. our town is a good looking, interesting town, full mm-hmm. of in this small, compact area, so many interesting things, natural, historic people. And so I just started looking more closely and uh, sharing things, and people seem to resonate. We really do have, yesterday I was uh, uh, introducing somebody to town, and uh, I said, you know, it's sort of an interesting, weird recruit uh, uh, trip that we're going to do, but Mm -hmm. we're going to go to the cemetery, Mm -hmm. and we're going to go to the top of a parking garage. Mm. So we went to the top of the uh, parking garage next to the Schubert, and this is a great view, and you get a sense from up there, just in this compact area, how much there is. Mm-hmm. So New Haven, as a, a friend of mine once said, is large enough to be interesting and small enough to be friendly. And it definitely is a photogenic place. Very good. And I do appreciate it. I'm a big fan of your photos. Very colorful. Appreciate your, it. Your framing is always on point. I, I, I was like, is he a photographer? <laughs> I mean, did you go to school for it or did you just you just got a natural I eye just sort this? of fell into it. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm blessed to be around lots of professional photographers know their work mm-hmm. uh, both here and, and around the country and, and over in Ghana where I go a lot and uh, blessed to be in an institution at Yale, both Beinecke library and, and uh, Yale library overall, the other cultural heritage institutions that have lots of photography and f- photographers. So is a place to mm-hmm. sort of know and learn visual mm-hmm. literacy. Mm-hmm. Ours is a wonderful place. So I've been blessed to, to sort of follow along and, and pick up from a few things. And of course we all have to be grateful that the tech wizards, each iteration of the iPhone gets better and better and better. So the nighttime photographs are now a lot better than they were a few years ago. The technology is finally caught up to to us, right? You don't have to spend thousands of dollars. I mean, I I don't know. I spent a thousand on my phone just to be able to have all those perks and be able to shoot in low light and even now the candlelight now, you can take a pretty good picture. Um, You're you're, you're an art fanatic too. I mean, you know what? Let, let uh, Let me start over. You're listening to Keeping It 100 with Jose Candelario. Mike Moran, tell me a little bit about where you're from originally. So I was born deep in a previous millennium. I'm, a, I'm now, I think, an officially an old. Uh, I was born in Covington, Kentucky. All my family roots are in northern Kentucky and uh, uh, ancestors interred there in Kenton County mm-hmm. uh, around Covington. 
born there, grew up in Cincinnati on the Ohio side of the river, uh, went to school in greater Cincinnati and came up this way in 1983 to go to college and fell in love with uh, New Haven and its people and its history and all the opportunities and the sense that it is, you know, large enough to be interesting, small enough to be friendly, as Rick Levin once said. It's mm-hmm. a cosmopolitan yet comfortable place. So this coming August will mark uh, me uh, being here for 40 years. 40 years. I mean, uh, you're, not, you're officially not even a transplant now. This is, this is your home. I mean, if you move somewhere else, now you're a transplant. Yeah. I mean, but you're you're now 40 year veteran of the city. We, we once had the Reverend uh, Dr. Jesse Jackson. I think it was 1988 and get mm-hmm. out the vote rally. We've been thinking about that since uh, elections coming up. And mm-hmm. JJ stood in a pulpit in New Haven and was talking to a group of students in particular and encouraging them to register to vote. And he said, "Wherever you slept the last three nights is where you live." Uh, so by that standard, I guess I, I am here now. <laughs> and if you go by that standard and you're also Guyanese or, or <laughs> you're a lot of different interesting and, things. And, you know, happily, New Haven, we have a map over at Beinecke that actually the harbor from 1783. An old the, the, the harbor used to come all the way up. Well, no, but but the, the interest, it did. But the interesting thing on the on the harbor, it's labeled N-E-W-H-E-A-V-E-N, New Heaven, which you may mm-hmm. know a lot of my Heaven. photographs I I say an ordinary afternoon in New Heaven, but that sense of harbor or heaven, this has been a place uh, that for many people has been a welcoming place uh, Mm -hmm. and for many generations. And it's one of the strengths of this place in contemporary times Mm -hmm. that citizens and residents and leaders have really been welcoming and that there are people from all over. You've been part of the New Haven culture. You've seen so many changes um, in 40 years. Um, You've seen the Coliseum go down. You seen? <laughs> you see, do you see it go up? Were you here when not it went up? Quite. No, not quite. Say, you know, I've been but I, 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 when I realized I was there in 1983, and it was a young building. <laughs> of course, when you're when you're 18, you know, you think everything's been around for a long time. So mm-hmm. I didn't know how new it was. But yeah, uh, I've seen a bunch of things. I've seen a bunch of things. What? You come to, to to New Haven. You you work here now. You you work at the library. What, yeah, what is Finding your, your Library and Yale Library. Yep. Your official position here. My is... title is Director of Community Engagement. I lead a great team of folks to help connect our Yale Library special collections resources, the archives, as it were, with New Haven and and the world. Okay, so that's why you're everywhere. You are a socialite within. I mean, it's part of your job, but yeah. you, you seem to really enjoy like being engaging with the community. It, again, is the kind of place that no two days uh, are, are uh, alike, <laughs> and, and they're quite never dull. And you can get to so many different things in such a short uh, uh, period of time and geography. I mean, I really love that. I, the other day I walked the extent of the canal line in New Haven mm-hmm. from downtown through the Yale campus, through Dixwell, through New Hallville, just over the Hamden border, and it's magnificent. The um, the kind of work that people are doing uh, around and off the canal line in New Hallville, art and community organizing that's going on, what folks in the land trust and, and various environmental groups are doing, mm. uh, activist groups. And, and New Haven has the aspects of places that are 10 times its size. It does. But in a really accessible place. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that everybody does know that things are accessible. And it doesn't mean that everybody knows each other, but the possibility here is greater. Is greater, and people like you, people like me, trying to activate what what Lavoz does, what uh, New Haven Independent, WNNH Radio, to say to people, "There's all this stuff, and 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 it's yours. You mm-hmm. can connect with it." So, mm-hmm. uh, I've always loved this place for its variety and for its friendliness. Um, you've seen eagles come and go. <laughs> you've seen mayors. Uh, you've seen transitions. Um, uh, how is New Haven different now than it was when you first got here when you were 18? Oh, my goodness. It is a place that uh, the, there is a, uh, an even larger and vibrant Latinx community. Mm-hmm. There was definitely you know, a fantastic, longstanding uh, Puerto Rican community mm-hmm. in town, but the, the community of Mexican, Central American, other Latinx population has grown spectacularly all to the benefit of this community and to the, to the state. Can you say that again? To the benefit. Yeah, absolutely. Can you say that? Cause a yeah, lot of I people mean, don't look. There's no that. doubt about it. <laughs> uh, and, uh, uh, political power is, 
uh, more shared here. Uh, mm. Things are by no means equal and fair, but uh, I was part of the team. Uh, the election was elected myself to the Board of Alders in 1989 when mm. John Daniels was elected as the first black mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's been more opportunity politically, more uh, shared political leadership, lots of uh, better things, I think, have happened in that way. The relationship between Yale and New Haven institutionally I was going to say that. has that gotten, the question. gotten yeah, a lot better and, and more productive. None of these things are perfect, so it's not as if the work is by any means done, but there's mm-hmm. no doubt, I mean, objectively, mm-hmm. no doubt, facts, figures, mm-hmm. uh, the relationship between New Haven and Yale, and Yale and New Haven is much better than it I was. I mean, it, Yale right now is the largest employer between the hospital and the university. I mean, university employees thousands of people in New Haven to to run their the institution. And I think it's part of the reason why the region was able to uh, weather some of the economic downturns and headwinds more and has a solid, you know, I mean, it can sort of mm-hmm. count on this. This is not, uh, it's a stable industry that's going to continue and, and grow. And it is an institution whose leadership now for many mm-hmm. uh, decades and, and really well-rooted understand that Yale is of New Haven. New Haven is of uh, you know uh, part of Yale, and the two. Uh, John DeStefano uh, uh, liked to say that it was a marriage without the possibility of divorce. It cannot be. So 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 that you know you either get along or you live in different rooms or you shout at each other. When and it's it, much more productive to try and get along. And there can be fights along the way, as there are, course. and that's okay. Of course, you know families families don't always get along. I think one of the the biggest changes that I've seen in my lifetime, I'm, I'm slightly younger than you, I'm not going to say how many years, but um, was the fact that recently Yale has started to pay taxes on some of the properties that they own. Yale's been paying uh, uh, taxes on, on uh, commercial property for a long time, really mm-hmm. forever, mm-hmm. and has made a voluntary payment, which is now substantially increased. And also shout out to everybody in the state legislative delegation, which has uh, really strengthened the pilot program, not only for Yale property, for other nonprofit, for yep. other college and hospital property in all the towns around Connecticut. And we have to give a shout out. We are blessed to have, you know, one of the greatest state delegations in the history uh, of, of Connecticut and anywhere. And uh, that that's something that really redounds to our benefit. Um, when, you, when we think about other ways that the community has grown and, and gotten rooted. The arts community has always been strong here. Mm-hmm. Always. The community arts, community rooted arts community was always strong. I think it's again, demonstrably stronger and institutions, whether it's the arts council or others, the city of New Haven and the cultural affairs department recognize more than ever before and really are a place that have centered arts everywhere, not mm-hmm. just on mm-hmm. one street or one place or yeah. one neighborhood or in downtown. And so the growth Again, there was community arts. There always had been community mm-hmm. arts. But it is now more recognized and supported than it, I think it's ever been in the, in the history of the place. And, and, I mean, Yale sponsors tons and tons. I mean, it's like the official sponsor for, like, everything right now. Everywhere I go, I, I see that they are trying to put their, at least move the community through funding, various projects, yeah. very cultural projects all over the and, city. And, you know, again, I think a lot of this comes from personal, uh, so... Uh, understanding and, and, and knowledge and wisdom and commitment. Peter Salovey and Marta Moret, the president and first mm-hmm. lady of Yale, have been in New Haven for decades and decades and decades and decades and decades mm-hmm. and, and were longstanding New Haveners when he was appointed president of Yale. Mm-hmm. His predecessor, Rick Levin, likewise, mm-hmm. was a longstanding mm-hmm. rooted New Havener. And uh, Rick once said you know, that, that he would sometimes have conversations uh, you know, it's sort of on policy stuff at the dry cleaner. So mm-hmm. it makes a difference mm-hmm. when, and, and we're in a society where increasingly the institutions are disconnected from the communities where uh, yes. they have been and, and, and institutions have become national and global and mm-hmm. the headquarters of all the banks is, uh, who knows, changes my bank, my bank, you know, just changed its headquarters. I, I literally don't know. I think it's in Buffalo now. Yeah. Uh, and but so, they're, they're like New Haven Savings Bank was once here, yeah. and now it went through like five name changes, and yeah, and so I now think, headquartered you know, and, somewhere else. You know, universities uh, as places that are rooted in their leadership. I think that makes a difference, and it's one of the things that 
New Haven uh, is strengthened by the fact that we have still some major rooted institutions, as well as this extraordinary constellation mm. of grassroots organizations and other uh, community-based organizations. And you guys do a good job of supporting these affinity groups that are existed within Yale to really engage the community. I know that the uh, LY, LYNG, I want to say, the Latino Yale Networking right. Group, and, and right. their work with some of the schools here. They bring in speakers and everything. Marta has been a big supporter of all that. I, I, I've really, <laughs> like, I, you guys are everywhere. Yale is everywhere. And as much people complain, I always say, like you said, we need the relationship. We need, if we had any other industry in this, in this town, we would have been folded <laughs> over COVID. There's many municipalities that did, just didn't have it to sustain themselves. We did. Now we got the biotech happening down here along uh, Martin Luther King Boulevard. That's what, the new name now. And then we, we have that. How is, Yale, how is Yale pushing these bigger projects? Or are they involved in yeah, yeah. the no, biotech? No, a, lot of, a lot of the uh, development comes out of laboratory research that happens at Yale. And real commitment to try and make that redound, both obviously to health benefit of society. That th These are all places that are aiming to create cures and treatments uh, mm -hmm. for human disease, and also to make sure that the economic benefit of the new company creation is rooted and redounds to the benefits of the local community. So you see companies like Arvinus and Alexion and others that mm -hmm. have grown up and that are rooted here and employing people here, connected to the local K-12, connected to Gateway, connected to Southern, connected to Yale itself. New Haven Promise has been a fantastic program for mm. two through and back, and a shout-out to everybody at New Haven mm. Promise, yep. from Patricia Melton to the board and, and particularly all the students who have been in it. It's really been remarkable. We know at Beinecke Library and at Yale have folks, my uh, uh, extraordinarily talented colleague, Tobias Cropper, grew up in New Haven, New Haven Promise uh, intern while he was in college, when he graduated, we gave him a fellowship, and now he's got a full-time job doing amazing work in community engagement. And again, this is a town where these kinds of things over time make a real difference in ways that aren't as possible in Chicago no. or L.A. No disrespect so for they're those just, places. They're just exactly. huge. They're exactly. huge. You know? Huge uh, you, and I, you and I see each other at an International Festival Gala, and then you know, a couple days later I'm on your show. This kind of stuff can't happen, and yet at the same time, we are a big league, big city. So we've got all the, we got the benefits of being a, a world-class city, which we are, with also the benefits of being a more accessible community. When we choose, again, it doesn't happen by itself. It no. takes people like you, Norma, who's next door to, mm -hmm. to where you and I are sitting, has for decades been a leader in this at connecting yep. people. I'm, I'm new to this. Yeah. I've, I'm only following their lead. Yeah. I'm, all, I'm following Norma's leads, yeah. Paul's lead. I'm I not, think I'm one of the things that, you know, one of the, the, in, in the work we're doing at Beinecke Library and Yale Library Special Collections and across the cultural heritage, the museums and other cultural heritage stuff, we're really excited. You know, we are, we are fortunate to be stewards of amazing, amazing materials. I mean, mind-bogglingly great. We're going to get that right real quick. Let me just give another ID break. You're listening to Keeping It 100 with Jose Candelario here on 103.5 FM WNHH, NewHavenIndependent.org, your home for community radio. You're listening to Mike Moran. And now we're going to get into his, his passion. His passion is the library. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank you because my daughter's going to Hopkins and we needed, she wants, she needed something. She needed to be surrounded by people that are studying and, you know, cause it is the weekend Saturday. We told her, why don't you just go down to the library and sit down there and just work and just be among that environment. And let me tell you, she enjoyed herself. She's like, wow, everybody was there, focused, working. I wasn't the only one. She felt like she was part of that community. So I, I want to thank you for your doors being open to us and, and, and as a resource for this community that people don't take advantage of. Yeah, more and more do. And again, we're, we're uh, fortunate to be in a place where Beinecke Library, the special collections of Yale Library, the Yale Art Museums, the University Art Gallery, Center for British Art, Peabody, which is closed for renovation, but soon going to be back bigger and better mm -hmm, than ever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All are free and open to all. Did they move the T Rex from the from the uh, museum to your house? Is that in your no, backyard? no, no? Oh, I think okay. I think uh, there there may have been a story published. I know there's going to be a story published about how it's being uh, 
uh, cared for and reassembled. There's some interesting stuff. And obviously it's not just like, it's not an ordinary Mike or Jose who do this. It, it <laughs> no. takes, it takes some experts. So there's some interesting story that the Peabody museum folks, you should have them on. To, to talk I, I, about. I will, you know what? I'll do that. I'll do but, that. But you know, so Beinecke library, mm-hmm. 121 wall street, uh, free and open to the public seven days a week as a museum. The Beinecke Library is open to the public seven days a week. For those watching on Facebook, we've got this fantastic show called The World in Maps, 1400 to 1600, that is uh, uh, fantastic maps that are 700, uh, uh, 500 years old. The museum, the exhibition hall, is free and open to all. Just walk in, spend a minute, spend an hour, spend longer, uh, seven days a week. The reading room, we're not a circulating library because it's got, we have uh, some materials. Books, there's some books that cannot leave. We have <laughs> materials that we want people 100 and 200 and 500 years from now. Mm-hmm. But everybody is welcome to register to do research. And we're increasingly doing, and we have for a long time, but doing even more programs with community groups. We've begun some great work with Dixwell, which is the most immediate yeah, well, neighbor next door. to, neighbor to next ours. Door, yeah. But That's also well. looking to do stuff with all the public library branches over time, all the neighborhoods of town. And we are a community between what is in Yale Library, Beinecke, and other special collections mm-hmm. in the New Haven Museum, which is a local history museum that is 10 times the scope and scale of most communities of our size. Mm-hmm. Southern Connecticut has some great archives in the five ethnic heritage societies. There are other community-based groups with archives. And again, we need to grow this in, in terms of Latinx uh, mm-hmm. uh, archives. Mm-hmm. All of us need to do more to be supportive of community-based organizations, and we're yep. looking forward to doing that. So it's not as if the, everything's set, but there's mm-hmm. a lot here to build on. And there's no reason our community cannot be known as a place of East Rock, West Rock, pizza, and archives and history. Yeah, <laughs> we can. We have more possibility here. So, if we wanted, for example, to say half of all New Haven kids used primary source materials, archival resources, mm-hmm. we're not there yet, but we could get there. And again, in ways that our colleagues in New York City just couldn't do. It's too big. Mm. Here, if we set our mind to, we really went in this, that uh, you know story that you shared about your daughter. We have lots of capacity and resources here. And so mm-hmm. if we organize our well and build over time, we can get to a point. And I'm really hopeful, you know, the, the 250th anniversary of the nation's founding is coming up in wow. 2026. And it's a time for us to really, as a community, say, let's do history well mm-hmm. and do it right. Mm-hmm. Right. Not just celebratory history, real history, reckoning history, hard history. And there's a lot of people in the school system. There's folks like Dan Hosang on the faculty at Yale and others uh, around campus, folks at Southern, folks at the state level. You know, as as you know, and, and uh, it'd be a thing that we have more folks come in from the, Yale. I, I feel like Talking the, about black and Latinx history is now, schools have to offer it. It's not required that kids take it. No, they have but to it's require now, it. It's now required. So that's a good step. So there's a lot we can do. And think about, we should, by 2026, we should set a goal as a community that we are second to none as a community in doing our own history. We can do it here. I mean, New Haven is rich in history, but I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said that you got to want to do it. You got to want to bring together. You got to want to get the message out. And people have to want to learn about the history of where they live. New Haven is full of history. The nine squares on down. I mean, we you can, we already know that. I, I mean, I'm a New Haven buff. I love new, history of New Haven. I know that Fair Haven was founded before New Haven. They would they they crossed the river and yeah. then they started New Haven. So and we is, all need to pass it on to. I mean, I think about you know sort of I because I was involved in city politics, uh, and know folks like Norma and, and so many others. I got to know the story of people like Gumersindo Del Rio. Names mm. of people that lots of people need to know. And as, as they recede more into the past, as time moves forward, we need to make sure that, that their stories are told. There are people sometimes who are names are on schools, John Martinez. Mm-hmm. But do people know this, who he was. the stories? The story and, and, behind and, and, them. And, and, and the naming is a great thing because that gives you something. That it gives holds you on to hook. something, yes. William Lanson's statue that folks that in the um, Connected Freedom Trail have done mm-hmm, great mm-hmm. Uh, black hero. So there's lots that we can do. And I, I, uh, 
one of the things I enjoy most in life and missed both when the bridge was out and uh, when we weren't and in the pandemic times going to work is we live on Quinnipiac Avenue on mm-hmm. the, on the river. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in Fairhaven uh, proper all the time. And I drive back and forth on Grand Avenue every day, twice mm. a day. Mm. So I have probably been up and down Grand Avenue, I don't know, 10,000 plus times. And, and, have you, and you, so you've seen the transition. And, and, <laughs> but, and it's also, and so, so I've been around for a long time, so, so I know some of the history, but so I also you, am curious, like, who was there and finding out who was there, who's come and what well, they've brought and, and that sort of story over time. And I'm, you know, I'm a big fan, a big part uh, of the public library and a shout out to all the professionals in the New Haven Free Public Library. One of the most enjoyable things I was at in, in recent times was Joe Taylor, great local mm-hmm. resident and mm-hmm. historian, did a program at the Fairhaven branch of Historic Postcards of Fairhaven. Mm. And it was just so much fun to be sitting in that historic branch in the heart of the neighborhood looking at postcards and images from 100 years ago and thinking about what was there, what was here. So I'm excited for what we can do from the Yale side, from the library side, to, to encourage more of that. And it's the kind of thing, again, just thinking, I'm so excited to hear about your daughter. When when you do these things, folks, we, we did a program at Beinecke with a number of folks from Dixwell and Concord not too long ago, mm-hmm. and the youngest mm-hmm. uh, person of the staff there, it was just so fulfilling uh, to hear them talk about what it meant to see these photographs and images and papers that went back 50, 100, and 200 years ago and to know the depth of history, which is a history of struggle, a history of justice and injustice, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but most importantly, a history of resilience and community building. And then that's what New Haven is. So the, uh, Marcy Lynn is listening to me. Hi, Marcy. Good morning or good afternoon. She's saying we need a New Haven documentary. There are plenty of New Haven documentaries that are out there. Yeah. The problem uh, is accessibility to them because. Amen to her uh, uh, comment, to, to their comment, and uh, and to what you said. There needs to be a lot. Uh, uh, I'm, hap- I'm fortunate to be uh, uh, in a household with the brilliant Frank Mitchell, who's done lots of different curatorial mm-hmm. projects, is doing work with the Q House now, mm-hmm. as well as Capital Community College up in Hartford, but has done a number of documentaries, including uh, with Becky Abbott, Unsung Heroes, The History of Jazz in New Haven, mm-hmm. which is having a, a second life and is going to be screened, I think, uh, Oh, up good. At, up at next tape, yeah, uh, but, but she's right. New we, Haven at one time was it? But, but there, there's a new documentary Steve Ham just did about oystering, uh, oystering in Connecticut. Yeah, because we were in, the oyster capital, in, and, of, it, and of it's the not world. only New Haven, but it's but it's New Haven. But uh, there needs to be documentaries about uh, all kinds of communities, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean it, it, that's you're right about accessibility too, making sure that they're available online at the library. You can see them. There's there's screenings uh, now. We have multiple platforms that we can get them on and, and really start educating our people. I mean, there's you were saying that that like in, in history is so important and recent history and the importance of taking pictures and documenting. And I know that. For example, like um, Norma Reyes and Tommy Reyes, when I go to over to Junta Progressive, they have these pictures, right. a black and white, of all the community work that they were doing back in the 60s and 70s here in New Haven. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, I hope this is all being curated somewhere to, because they were very influential when they first started here in New Haven with the Spanish community, with Puerto Rican community especially. I grew up in New Hallville. So I know that the African American community, they were one of the, you know, one of the first established neighborhoods in the country was there. And now I'm glad that you may have mentioned because we used to have the Cotton Club, the Loneliest Monk, and all these people came up through um, the New Hallville area. So yes, history is important, and we're loaded with it here in New Haven. How do we get these these young people involved? How what's what's the hook now to to engage these these young people? We got the info, we got the resources. I mean, what? what how do we get them in there? I think there's lots, you know, there's no, no one way. And a great uh, mentor of mine a long time ago said, you hit enough singles, you get runs on the board. Yeah, you yeah. don't always Small have to ball. hit grand yeah. slams, right? Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. that's right. So just sort of steady build things uh, in that way and network and, and make sure that efforts are not just a nice little thing over here. Metaphor I like to use is we need stars and a constellation. So we should be mappers uh, nice. and connectors of, of the constellations. There are lots of ways. The school system is obviously key in this, and there are some uh, fantastic leaders there. The people who are in the New Haven Public Schools are frankly heroes, mm-hmm. and we need to support them. And 
So there's ways that institutions such as mine, large institutions and others, we need to hold ourselves accountable and organize ourselves to be helpful to the schools. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. one. And what, that's one, what that's we were talking step. about with the requirements for black and Latinx, you know, we have folks who are looking at how we can take what we've got. There's a fantastic uh, uh, Fortunoff program in uh, with Holocaust survivor archives and testimonials at Yale. Wow. That uh, uh, archive has done really pathbreaking work of how to take those archives and testimonials, map them and make them available to teachers in New Haven and Connecticut and, and around the so country. So they can use them in their curriculum. And, you know, so there's a lot we can do in the school system. And again, we have to be, hold ourselves accountable, not expect that teachers are going to be able to do it. They're working overtime or so burdened. So we need to organize ourselves to make it, they can, as it were, plug and play. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of opportunities for out of school time to work mm-hmm. with community oh, organizations. The school programs. We did, and, and we did a, a thing, uh, shout out to Sean McAllister and all the folks at the international it, festival. Can I just say something, Mr. Moran? You drop more names. And the high school fellows. So we, mm-hmm. Albert Lee from the school of music, who's also yep. a, a New Hallville native. Yeah. Come back, come back to, to town. Um, we did a, a program with them. So we're looking to plug what we have and plug into, we've done programs with U.S. Grant, with Squash Haven, with Leap, on and on and on. So so making Leap. resources oh, available wow, yes. in that way. We're keen to develop even more programs during the summertime on campus in archives and history. There's uh, some leadership work that Kim Pinder and folks at the School of Art did with an art program last summer, which was really terrific. And again, this is the kind of place if, you know, you you mentor 20 students and this group mm-hmm. does 10 mm-hmm. students and this one does 50 and this one does 100 and this one does five. And a lot of this is already happening. We've got this really fantastic rich infrastructure growing that, building it. I think we can get there. And again, we've had proof of concept many times, over including over. just yeah. last week. It is magic. And, you know, come come over. I, I just came from being with a, a neighbor in Dixwell who was with me looking at original documents of Bias and Margaret Stanley, early free black leaders in New Haven. And when I say early documents, looking at original documents from wow. 1817. Wow. And 1825. And if you've never done this before, mm. it's magic. And if you're like me, you've now done it all the time. It's also magic. It doesn't get old. <laughs> it doesn't get old. So, uh, you know, in some ways, the, it's it's how do we, you know, activate more people and let them know. And then I think it becomes, you know, if we do really say we become known, that yeah, we're yeah. a community of archives, a community of history. People, you know, if we were to go right now to the corner of Shelton and Bassett Street mm-hmm. and say, did you know? These Yale museums are free and open to you, and the New Haven Museum. People probably don't. No, no. majority don't. But I, I, I didn't. If we are, <laughs> if we set ourselves the and hold ourselves accountable, mm-hmm. they're close. You can actually do it. Whereas yes. if we were to go, I mean, if I would have known that, I did. I did. A, I'm a history guy. I mean, I did uh, in high school. I was doing extra projects during the summer because I was so I was bored. I was a bored student in, in high school, and I did uh, one on the history of New Haven. Uh, you know, and and learned but i didn't know that the Beinecke library was accessible to me so i was in the uh the the old books room in the new haven public library reading the history of new haven from like these and, old menus you know and shout out to allison and everybody in the local history room at the mm-hmm. new haven free public library again i mean i i adore and uh, you know it, it's it's i don't know uh, I, one doesn't have to have favorites so it's not as if new haven free public's more favorite than Beinecke. <laughs> they're both my favorite um it's a great resource. Yes. And and you go in there, and I was in there doing a deep dive. There's some stuff there that we don't have. There's some stuff we have that they don't have. There's some stuff that uh, Margaret Ann and New Haven Museum, stuff that Southern has. And again, it's how do we create a network, informal. Everybody should do and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, take care of their stuff. But the power, for example, you want to you learn about New Haven politics historically. Mm-hmm. At Beinecke, we have the archives of Dick Lee and Frank Logue. Wow. As well as mayors going farther back. James Hillhouse, early mm-hmm. leader as a senator and leader in town. Mm-hmm. And we have papers of Roger Sherman, who was the first mayor, really, of New Haven. Mm-hmm. So we've got political leaders going back. Southern's got the archives of DeStefano, Harp, and Daniels. Mm-hmm. New Haven Museum has important things, 
And then the public library has some really good stuff related to local politics and city government. Wow. So no one of them can give you everything if you want to do a whole thing. All of them were all better when we worked together and organized. So I think there's some stuff over time. And again, I'm, I'm hopeful that the 250 is a, is a hook that will get us all. And, and these are all organizations full of, uh, Brilliant, I you know I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. Talented people, committed people, mm-hmm. who also are very keen. So folks are you know talk together, and we need to make it so that the you know the future use, as it were, <laughs> the, the the high school kids uh, in New Hallville, that it's easy uh, and that they know. So mm-hmm. it's on us. It's not on them. Mm-hmm. You know to to figure it out. We can, need to make can it. Can I ask you real quick, Mike? I, where okay, you're listening to Keeping It One Hundred. With Jose Candelario, 103.5 FM, WNHH, New Independent.org, your home for community radio. Mike, you have such a passion for what you do. I mean, were you always this passionate about, like, like I get it. I mean, I go through, through like, com and get excited. <laughs> but you're actually touching these old documents. Well, again, I mean, really excited. You know. Were you always like that? Did it, I mean, uh, again, we had we had a group from Concord, brilliant group of people, some of whom I've known for a long time, some I was meeting for the first time. And I asked uh, the the youngest to read from a document from 1900. Mm. And I can almost quote it from memory. It's on on my desk at the moment. It's the minutes of what's called the 20th Century Women's Club. Mm. Lisa Monroe uh, has done great scholarship. I I came to know about them thanks to Frank Mitchell pointing them out to me. And it was a black women's literary organization, national network. Wow. And it had local clubs. Mm. 1900 organized in New Haven. And... It was a place where women got together to talk about books. So it was a literary, mm-hmm. but it was also a place they talked about politics. They talked about who needed help and did mm-hmm. mutual aid. So it was not yeah, only a literary association. It was like a social circle. Yeah, it's a social a, circle. A side of political club. organizing and community mm-hmm. organizing. But anyway, so the first minutes are March 10th, 1900. And it says something like Mrs. Uh, J. Walter Stewart of 65 Edgewood Avenue. Mm. which is on Edgewood between Howe and Dwight Mm -hmm. around Pizza House, Mm -hmm. invited a bunch of ladies to meet Ida B. Wells. Mm. And as Miles was reading this, he just stopped. And I mean, I I can't, I can't fully catch up. He he just was like, yeah. And you could tell because it was Ida B. Wells. And you know, (laughs) uh, if you know, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. Ida B. Wells, who happily is becoming better known again as as she should be one of the great heroes of the nation, Mm. major figure. Mm -hmm. And to think about Ida B. Wells at 65 Edgewood Avenue in Dwight. Stop. Right. And that kind of, and it was just, it was, it was so uh, brilliant and fulfilling and and it was exactly this kind of, so that's where you get the passion from both reading it Mm -hmm. Miles in this case, and in our case, those of us who work there who experience these moments when we see other people, and and it just you know it 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 is it's not a fixed quantity of joy. It's not as like there's only this amount of joy. It's, it's joy that generates more joy. Uh, I get tingles listening to you. Your passion. You don't like talking about yourself. I see you like to deflect. But when was <laughs> what was your first inkling that like this is it? Like I want to touch more of this these documents. I want to study history. I, I, I really want to be, this is me. It makes me happy. Um, you know, uh, God bless, uh, 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 Patricia Henrietta Burton Morand and Joseph Francis Xavier Morand, my parents late of blessed memory and, and their, their parents and, and all the ancestors. Um, I am, uh, 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 a, a genetic as it were Roman Catholic and I'm Roman Catholic and, mm-hmm. and, and, and a faithful person. That's an organization that's got a lot of history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, old old churches, and particularly going to it, the the history is inscribed. So mm-hmm. I think, no doubt, part of it was being part of this organization that you know goes back a long time, and that cares about history. Troubled, interesting, complicated, beautiful, wonderful organization. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a human organization. It's, so human. it's, it's, it's got its, people, its challenges. It's got people. Yep. Uh, and it has its glories, and and uh, it is you know is it is uh, family, um, but I think that's one of it. And then in a more particular family way, uh, my dad and I would go around to uh, small uh, historic cemeteries. Oh, none of them as old as Grove Street Cemetery, but uh, <laughs> almost. Uh, one of which was close to where we lived, and then like the the place where the uh, white settlers who established Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and then where 
our ancestors were uh, in uh, the cemetery in uh, Kenton County in Kentucky. So cemeteries was probably mm-hmm. the place where it sort of was. And cemeteries are, of course, where one encounters the ancestors. Mm. Uh, and when I came to New Haven, I got uh, involved almost right away with the Grove Street Cemetery, which is the nation's oldest organized publicly chartered burial ground. And uh, that sort of stimulated more. So I think uh, my my love and interest, uh, as it were, for mm. history came alive with the dead. <laughs> came alive. Very, very interesting. Now we're getting to know Mike Moran. <laughs> You're great at, at talking about everything. That that's a great story. So, you what was the what was the, the first document that you touched historically that was within your possession that you just looked at and you felt that like that connectivity to that time and you were like, wow, this this is this is really genuine, like gold. You know, it's it's an interesting question. I think about it that I. Uh, my home library was the public library of Cincinnati and Hamilton County. And I often say I have two degrees from Yale, but I'm first and foremost a graduate of the public library of Cincinnati and Hamilton County. Mm. And my uh, uh, benefit, debt, allegiance to the public library manifest here in my commitment and work with the New Haven Free Public Library comes from that library, which meant so much. And they have a, uh, in, in the, Central Library and the main library in downtown Cincinnati, a really great local history collection. So it may have been there and in museums, but that wouldn't have necessarily been the kind of hands-on. So mm-hmm. I think it probably was at the New Haven Museum or at Yale. And probably the place where I really began was when I was a student in the Divinity School, I did some mm-hmm. work on early Yale history, which mm-hmm. is New Haven history and his church history. Yes. Yale College has been around. Because <laughs> in the 18th century, Yale and the church and the state and the city were all sort of one together, mm-hmm. congregational uh, in church influences. And the papers of a man named Thomas Clapp, mm-hmm. who was the first person to have the pres- title president of Yale, and going through his papers, uh, mm. or uh, a paper I was writing was probably, and the sort of understanding that these belong to me. You know, mm. uh, and they belong to all of us. Mm-hmm. There was a magnificent scholar at Yale, Yaroslav Pelikan, Jerry Pelikan, mm-hmm. who was a scholar of the history of religion and other things. And Jerry sort of adopted as his own motto something that comes from the German writer Goethe and Faust, and more or less, I'll put it in my own words, what we have inherited from our ancestors, we need to repossess and make our own and then pass on. And mm. that's what a library is about, that's what a university is about. And there is a certain magic mm-hmm. in the transaction. And you can do this intellectually. You can think, I come from, mm-hmm. or they come from, mm-hmm. or we got to where we are. But to have physical connections, mm-hmm. which a cemetery provides and a library and the archives mm-hmm. provide, really is amazing. I often introduce people to a pen that link, uh, that, uh, Langston Hughes received when he graduated from high school. It's in okay. our collections. What? And <laughs> Langston Hughes. You is, got a, a pen that was. Well, gifted? Langston Hughes's papers are at Yale Library. What? There's 600 boxes. So Langston Hughes. S- Langston Hughes, you, you have. Langston Hughes lives up the street. He's your neighbor. You didn't oh, know this. I did not know that. No, I mean, I've I, I, I read Bro Hare and, and Bro, Bro Hare and come, all. Come walk by uh, Beinig, you'll see his picture on the outside. But when people commune with a physical object, Mm-hmm. Right there's a connection that that you have. Um, I often uh, the other day I was looking at some letters written and signed by George Washington, and you know <laughs> these are in the archives there. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And and again, New Haven Museum has documents, and some of this is history that we should celebrate. Some of it's history we need to know and we need to do better. You know, we need, a lot of this we need to reckon with history. So when I said ours is a community that welcomes people, we also have to be honest that ours is a community. There's like history all of that the we society can use to check ourselves. That has people who are ancestors of people here brought against their will. Mm-hmm. And we are a community where there were people before there were any colonial settlers or contemporary immigrants. Mm-hmm. We need to know more about the indigenous people. And we're, and we're, and, and we're learning more and more right. about the indigenous people. And, and I, I hear always people there, um, especially I think it was at, at a Yale forum where they acknowledge the three indigenous tribes 
that um, took, you know, to made these lands were their home before yeah. the settlers came down. Frank and I uh, live on the Quinnipiac River and the nature preserve, mm -hmm. the Far George Quinnipiac Meadows, is a place that has in it, some people will know, Granis Island. That was the summer oystering, fishing, and home of the Quinnipiac people. Oh, wow. A shout out to the land trust now gather New Haven. Mm -hmm. There's marker and signage and acknowledgement of that. And wow. so there are points of access to history going way back. We look out on a uh, sleeping giant. Mm -hmm. There's a great Quinnipiac story of, of how the sleeping giant came to be known mm -hmm. as the sleep, how the sleeping giant came to be. Mm. So, and a shout out to all the people who are doing the hard history, uh, in our community and, and throughout the country and Digging. holding the nation to account because history matters because it helps us understand where we came from. But most importantly, it matters as a resource for us to figure out how do we do better? Yeah. Well, wh where we made our mistakes and how we can improve as a society and the culture and, and move forward. I, I totally agree. Uh, I wanna, that's my personal philosophy. You can't go anywhere in the future if you don't know where you came from in the past. Right. It, is, it's, it makes it so much easier to navigate through life. And it also helps with a sense of identity. I think a lot of people in this generation, especially immigrants that are coming, that they, they don't have to have an issue with identifying or, or an identity. Knowing your local history does give you some kind of sense of pride and, right. and confidence that's instilled because you know at least where, you know, your local community has come from and, and where they, then you can map out a little bit where it can go. So, I, I'm a big proponent on that. You are, we, we're running out of time. Damn. Mike, you're listening to Keeping It 100 with Jose Candelario. Mike Moran has been our guest. I could talk to him all day. I'm a history buff. And, and he's, between all the names he's dropped and all the, the little nuggets of information, he dropped so many dimes. I'm a rich man today. Dropped so many dimes on this floor. I think I made like $100,000. Um, you go to... You you go to Africa more than any other person I know. Uh, you, I a, are you in a moor with Ghana? My my dear brother Jafet and dear sister Deborah, I think go more than I do. But uh, yeah, I've been to Ghana a couple times. Uh, I went to Ghana in uh, 2012 and have been uh, back a total. I've been there 17 times over the course <laughs> of a decade. It is uh, uh, you know uh, the first time I went to Ghana, uh, Ghanaian mm. uh, friend who had been a student at Yale took me around and uh, we visited with her mother. She, she was in America, but back home uh, for the summertime. And we went to the mausoleum of Kwame Nkrumah, founding president of Ghana, of independent Ghana. And in the gift shop was a DVD entitled Ghana, Most Hospitable Nation on Earth. Mm. And it's true. Mm. And going to Ghana and then going back and going back, you when you meet Jose Canalera, you meet his family and friends. Mm. And the notion of my brother, my sister is real. And the sense of hospitality and community and networking is really real and strong. So I've been blessed to get to know all kinds of people. And of course, these days, you know, in, in our contemporary society, thanks to WhatsApp and other things, you stay in touch with people all the time and, and been blessed to, to welcome a lot of Ghanaian uh, brethren and sisterin who've come stateside. Wow. And stay in touch. But yeah, no, it's, it's been a real blessing to get to know Ghana and Ghanaians. And it's again one of the places where the points of connection of history, the history of the transatlantic slave trade, of course, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is keep, yeah, keep American and world history. And then there's some New Haven connections. Uh, I'm very active with folks stateside and in Ghana in work to uplift and improve the uh, home and mausoleum of W.E.B. Du Bois. And Shirley Graham Du Bois. Mm. Shirley Graham Du Bois studied at the Yale School of Drama. Mm -hmm. W.B. Du Bois, his grandparents mm -hmm. were New Haveners. Mm -hmm. His grandfather was a founder of St. Luke's Episcopal Church. What? They're buried in Grove Street Cemetery. So, wow. so I do some things with the burial wow. site in Ghana of mm -hmm. Du Bois who moved there in 1961 at Nkrumah's invitation. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, really excited about what is happening there and what can be done. Du Bois is you know, arguably, uh, certainly among the most important figures prolific. in the history of yes. this world, not mm -hmm. just the nation. And you're right, he's prolific. He, is, he, he did so much. He was a writer, editor, poet, 
wrote speculative fiction. I don't know if you know, but he wrote a science fiction story. He wow. was uh, an early infographic. I did not know vis- that. Data visualization, that. political activist. Oh, we know that. Uh, <laughs> that and, we knew. and sociologist, you know, so that he contains so many multitudes. And he is uh, uh, a son of uh, Africa, a son of America, has ties to Harvard and New Haven and Great Barrington and UMass and Fisk and all that. <laughs> so, so he's one of those people in this connection side. Very good, very good. You, you, you see, you see how uh, we yeah. ran out of time. Yeah, Harry's giving us the hook. Harry has given <laughs> us the hook. He gave us the finger, so it's time to go. <laughs> gave us a couple of them. You, final words. I mean, you, you've been in politic, politics, and maybe you were alderman. You're now at Yale. Your final words of hope and inspiration for our community. The floor is all yours. First Peter, always be prepared to make a defense for the hope that is within you, yet do it with gentleness and reverence. Wow. If we keep the hope and we share it, things will get better. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mike Moran, for taking the time to, Thank to, you, to share with us this afternoon. Honor you, and blessing is mine. Wow. Uh, you've been listening to Keeping It 100 with Jose Candelario, 103.5 FM, WNHHUAVEindependent.org. You can catch replays of this on all kinds of social medias, Facebook. But you can also go to Amazon Music. You can go to Spotify. You can listen to the podcast anywhere you go. And... Please listen again if you only caught a little bit of it. This has been a very, very intellectually stimulating hour. I will say that. I mean, <laughs> thank you again, Mr. Mike Moran. Thank you. Con mucha alegría